Welcome to the Royal Caribbean Blog Podcast, a weekly look into the world of Royal Caribbean cruising. I'm your host, Matt Hotchberg, and this is episode number 278. The Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise on Symphony of the Seas is in the books, and this week we have a roundtable review of Symphony of the Seas that a few group cruisers joined me for to discuss. We shared our thoughts about Symphony and reviewed some of our experiences on board. Here we go. Symphony of the Seas has proven to be a really fun cruise experience, and we're actually recording this episode on board Symphony of the Seas as part of the Royal Caribbean Blog Group Cruise, and uh, we've had such a great time that this week we wanted to share our thoughts and some of the ideas and kind of our, our feelings about re- essentially reviewing, but in a more grandiose scale, about what we think of Symphony of the Seas. In today's episode, we actually have a... It's supposed to be a round table, but technically speaking, it's more of a rectangular table <laughs> of panelists to join me here. It's a big group, and I'm going to start by going uh, counterclockwise, starting with uh, Mr. John Bamber here. Hi, Matt. Oh, am I just introducing the best friend? Okay. Hi. Or you can keep the mic. That's okay. I'm in that, but then we have travel. Hi, I'm Jose. Hello. Hello, I'm Gerald. I'm Michael Poole. <laughs> I'm Bill. From? From CruiseHabit.com. Uh, so today I want to talk about, we're, there's a lot of things to talk about with Symphony of the Seas, no question about it. But I want to start with, I'm going to go right to the jugular. No lead up questions, no like, Oh, how was your day today? <laughs> I want to write with the question I've gotten a bazillion times since I've been on board the ship, which is how does Symphony of the Seas compare to... Primarily Harmony, but I'll expand this to any Oasis-class ship. Uh, I'm not sure if everyone on the panel has been on an Oasis-class before, but how does Symphony compare to... The question is Symphony compared to the other Oasis-class ships. And, uh, you know, while you guys are thinking about this, I'll just put it out. The, the, the analogy I've given up till now has been it's like a sequel to a movie. And Harmony is the original sequel, or the original film, and then Symphony is the sequel. And it's not saying it's bad or anything like that. It's a sequel. It's always like, you know, you've seen, like, you know, X-Men, X-Men 2, Spider-Man, Spider-Man 2. It's like, yeah, it's a great movie. But you still probably prefer maybe the original one. It has a little, it's, it was the original. It just kind of holds a little special or special or special <laughs> more gooder place in your, in your heart. Uh, because it is the original, it's not the original, it's the third class of the ship. But Symphony and Harmony are so similar that outside of the boardwalk, I don't know that if I blindfolded you, drop you on one or the other, you necessarily know which one you're on without resorting to looking at, like, knowing the artwork uh, intimately enough to be able to know the differences and whatnot. But Symphony's a great ship, and I'm, the reason why Harmony is my favorite ship is because of the innovations they brought with that ship. And Symphony certainly carries that tradition. Um, but people say, oh, man, you're going to love Symphony's your new favorite ship. It's like, I certainly love it. It's been a great time on here. But there hasn't been enough of a differentiating factor to get me to go say, yes, it's my new favorite. It's just, it's a lot like Harmony, and I like it a lot for that reason. What do you guys think? I, I would tend to agree. I mean, the, whenever I look at uh, iterations, whenever I look at iterations between vessels in the same fleet, I, I try and think, okay, well, you know, first you identify the, 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 the material changes, and then at scale, do I think they were all good changes? And there are little things, there, there are some, some quirks. Overall, though, all the little things, Solarium is the biggest one, and to me, everyone focuses on Boardwalk because Playmakers and lack of uh, support, and that's a shame. Uh, but but Solarium is a you know that's a great example of where they listen to guest feedback, and that's what you see when when ships iterate. You see it from from one to the next. You know, sometimes there are exceptions when they, they come out so quickly in sequence that they don't have time to make these changes. And yeah, at scale, these are all great changes that I, I enjoyed Harmony more than I enjoyed Lore, and you know what, even more so Symphony. So my only experience with Oasis-class ships was Oasis itself, which I was on for the Eclipse. So I really, and again, no disrespect, but I'm not a fan of Oasis-class ships because they're just way too big. Um, However, I love the changes between, the differences between Symphony and Oasis, especially the Ultimate Abyss. Uh, I love the water slides. I did all three of the water slides multiple times. I, I actually... Uh, Ultimate Abyss, other than being fun, is now a convenient mode of transportation from deck 16 <laughs> to deck 6 or 8, whatever it is. Yeah, but it's, I mean, because, yeah, so I, I love those things. I love the wow bends and all the technology innovations that are brought over. So I feel like Symphony is 
then is kind of the new kid on the block where the block is already run by the Oasis and the Allure. You know, Symphony is the new kid in town that's like, hey, I can do what you do, but look at the new stuff that I've got. So for that, I like it, but uh, small ships are always better. Well, the only Oasis class ship I've been on is the Allure. And if I had to compare the two, I'm not a big fan of the uh, Ultimate Abyss slide. I find, I find it completely ruins the view of the boardwalk. I like that big open tunnel effect that the Oasis and the Allure give you. But it's not a big deal. And the water slides, they're, they're new. I don't really find that ruins the view of the ship. Compared to other Royal Caribbean ships, the water slides I find aren't very intrusive to the look of the ship on Oasis class. They're kind of tucked in there. You don't really notice them unless you're right at them. Um, to compare it to Harmony, um, I haven't been on Harmony, but there are, like, they may not be really significant changes, but there are some. Um, I love the Solarium. So for me, I guess they added a small pool to the to the symphony that they didn't have on the Harmony, which a lot of people were really sour about it getting taken away. Um, the big wonder, I think, is probably the most amazing piece of art on a Royal Caribbean ship, like like period. The way it slowly changes colors, just it it really is amazing. It, it reflects off the glass, the color. It's it's great. Um, other than that, I mean, Playmakers. Playmakers is a game changer. The boardwalk is supposed to be like this fun area. And to have a big, long sports bar, like being Thanksgiving, there was, there was football games going on, everyone was hooting and hollering, you could play shuffleboard or, or pool or whatever. Um, that, yeah, I think playing majors was, uh, was a much-needed addition to the boardwalk. You know, it's interesting you mentioned that because obviously I think, to me, Symphony, it was almost like, remember when Oasis came out and then Allure came out? And Oasis and Allure, the differences are really minute. And Symphony, that, that's like you know, Oasis. Allure is to Oasis as Symphony is to Harmony, in my opinion. They're both great ships, wonderful times. There's probably a lot of people out there that can say, oh, I love Oasis because it's the original. It's the one that you know kind of set the tone. And by the same token, I feel like Symphony really sets the or Harmony sets the tone, and Symphony's just following it up with uh, a really nice experience. So from that standpoint, I definitely agree. And it's uh, you know if you're coming from an Oasis or Allure to Symphony. Certainly, you notice the same difference. I think that I noticed when I went to Harmony first and then Symphony. But you know, obviously, it offers a lot there. Um, Jose, what did you think of of Symphony of the Seas coming on here, and kind of what your experience was versus what your expectations were? Well, when you see the big example was what my sister seeing all the videos that I put up, where the marketing of it's all these different slides and. Despite the fact that Johnny likes smaller ships, the trend is going to be bigger ships, and that's because families can come on it. I, my sister saw it with her, and my, my nephew saw it. And all they wanted to do was tell me, "Well, when are we going to book? When are you going to book again on Symphony of Harmony? Because I want to go it, and I want to go there again." And my nephew go on the slide, and I can eat in restaurants, and and I can throw my nephew into the Richard Ocean. And I don't have to worry about him for a few hours. Just the amenities that they it has. It's so many that you're not going to be able to go through them in one week. And the goal is to get everybody to like something about the ship. And I think they've succeeded with Harmony and, and Symphony is just very similar. Our preference is support. And my wife and I just love the restaurant, so we were deeply disappointed that it wasn't on the ship, but we understand why. But if you want to go, you you know, you want the experience, especially if you want the newer experience, you would probably want to go on a Harmony or on a Symphony rather than a Lore or Oasis, unfortunately. Even though there's nothing wrong with the, uh, the, the first two ships, it's just that there's just so much more stuff that most people are just going to be attracted to the latter two ships. First, I have to say, Danette can help you with that. <laughs> Jose, I'm spoken for sister. Um, but I think the great thing, there are so many slight changes. With every one of the ships I've been on all four, the artwork is always amazing, but very different on each ship. So that's something that I found very interesting. I mean, this is the first time you've had a round car on a ship. <laughs> you know, they always have their cars, but this one is a beetle. Isn't it, Bob? Yeah, it was. Maybe it was. <laughs> round ball, you know, whatever. But that was kind of, it's kind of a neat little 
thing in the middle. But um, a loco fresh for me, I did love Sabor, but at least there was still an option and there was no charge. Okay, we were all upset there were no chips. <laughs> Hoping they fixed that. But that being able to middle afternoon, instead of just going for pizza or burgers, you had a little bit of a rice bowl. You could put something together there. That was great. Uh, two things I wanted to mention that you that you and Gerald brought up in that. Um, first of all, what Gerald brought up was uh, playmakers. What I liked about that was actually, I love Sabor, and I'm with Jose. If, if I had the choice, I have Team Sabor, right? I like that. But I'll tell you, the nice thing about playmakers is I always felt like I could just walk in there and just sit down and have something. Like Sabor is a restaurant. It's like imagine walking to Chop's Grill and just blowing past Major D. I'm gonna sit over here and you know have a drink or something like that. I mean, you'd be like, you know, that, that's an incident right there, right? Playmakers is a little more, it flows better in that regard because you can go sit right by those, they have the nice couch there by the TVs, you can go right into the arcade, you can go uh, one of the tables on the on the boardwalk itself. And it did flow better, I'm not gonna deny that, certainly the first sport, but uh, you know, that, that's a different conversation for a different day. Um, and going back to what you were talking about with you know, with the differences of Symphony and kind of how it, uh, some of the nice changes, one of the big changes, the, my favorite change in Symphony of the Seas is the bathrooms, the public restrooms, with that hand waving of not yeah. touching anything. Because yeah. you walk in, now there are, now, there are uh, instead of pushing a button, on older ships you push a button and it opens the door for you, which is nice. But you still need to take a, a paper towel to do that, theoretically. You should be doing that anyway. But with here, you just wave your hand in front of the sensor, door opens, you go and do your business, wash your hands, wave your hand again, opens the door to come back. That to me, even though the paper towel probably works, I think that's a huge improvement. That's like, that's like uh, the example he was like, you know, automobiles were invented in like, let's, let's say, easy math, 1900, okay? I know they were invented before that, but early 20th century. They didn't get uh, places to put your drink until 1980 something in there, so like it took 80 years to figure that out. It took, how many years to figure out that no one wants to touch the door on the, you know, that's a major problem. So I love that kind of innovation. And to your point, Ned, that's like the little changes you'll notice on Symphony, but I really like that. All right, my next question is something that's gonna get John Bamber going here, so I'm gonna, <laughs> I'm going, I wrote it down to make sure I get it right. Fill in the blank. Symphony of the Seas is a great ship for blank people. And John, I'm gonna give you the honor of going first. Repeat cruisers. Uh, so, the, the, uh, I'm mad and I don't see eye to eye on this, respectfully, but uh, I'm a firm believer that Symphony of the Seas has a ton of phenomenal things to do, but having, as someone that has introduced two people, soon to be three, to the world of cruising, they have all said the same thing. They have all said to me, I cannot imagine going on anything bigger. Now, the first ship I introduced someone on was Majesty, the second one was Mariner. So, Obviously not the biggest ships at all. Um, they said to me, because there was so much going on, even Majesty, but there was so much going on, they couldn't imagine being smacked in the face with all that is on Oasis-class ships, although in general. So, you know, Symphony of the Seas has so much to do, but I, would not tell, I wouldn't tell somebody that's never been on a cruise, you gotta book Symphony, you gotta go on Symphony or Harmony, you gotta jump right on that, because also, where do you go from there? If you, once you've done the biggest and baddest, there's nowhere else to go. So if you take Navigator, Mariner, one of those, or Freedom, and then you say, you know, that was awesome. I want to go on the ship that's got the big squiggly slide at the back. Okay, let's go on Oasis. Or, you know, I, I, it gives you a place to go for something larger, something better, something more intense. Uh, but conversely, if you didn't like it, if you said, hey, cruising's not for me, you didn't overwhelm yourself when you first go on, if that makes sense. I'll, I'll tell you that the, and John and I don't agree on this, but I will tell you that you said, I'm sorry, you say new, repeat cruisers, you said, right? Repeat cruisers. Repeat, right. And um, certainly it's great. It's great. I don't, I'm just agree that it's not a good fit for repeat cruisers. No doubt about that. John, I should, then if I can put words in your mouth that you would say that Symphony of the Seas is not good fit for new cruisers, would that be what you're saying yes. to, to take that to the next level? Yeah. Maybe, maybe, maybe I didn't say it right. Yes, I'm sorry. Yeah, maybe I didn't say it right. I was too focused on trying to prove my, trying to trying to get you to agree with me. Um, again, <laughs> Symphony of the Seas is not good for first time cruisers. Oh boy! All right. How much time we got here? And I'm gonna, I'm gonna, the, the thing is, and 
I, I, I'm trying not to get this on a tangent that goes off the rails here, but it's going off the rails. I got life. <laughs> Too late. <laughs> the, the thing was, new, cru- new cruisers, not, and new cruisers being people that are new to cruising in general, not just what are real right? New cruisers don't know what they like. And I remember when I first cruising, I thought I hated sea days and I loved port days because who the heck wants to be on a, on a ship or trap? I want to go. I want to go enjoy the things. And I realized as I cruise more, I was like, oh no, I got it backwards. The port days are great, but the sea days are really where it's at because they pack so much stuff in here. But you know what? I'm not like everybody. Some people like port days more. Some people like to sit at the pool all day long and just enjoy Long Island iced teas. And it's from 9 a.m. till 7 p.m. and then they switch to a different bar and then go inside, right? Some people want to go do all the shows. Some people want to go, you know, there, there's so many different things. But the point is, you don't know you, the new cruiser doesn't know what they want to start. They don't know what they like yet. Sure. They don't know what you don't know. Sure. And I feel like with a ship like Symphony or the Oasis class or even some of the larger ships as well in Royal Caribbean's fleet, you get more of, there's so many more possibilities. You get all the choices available to you. And then you get to decide, oh, I really do like doing this. Because some people are listening to this and be like, oh, I want to just sit in the pool. But some people are going to say, I want to go do the escape room. And I want to go do the slides. And I want to go do playmakers. And I want to go do, you know, and, and do X, Y, Z. And listen, oh, that's great. But we all, I'm sure everyone in this room that's listening has gone different paths. We haven't all done the same thing. So that's what I really like about it. But um, I'm gonna, I want to keep the questions going here. So uh, uh, Annette, Symphony of the Seas is a great fit for multi-generation travel and groups. Surprise, surprise that I said that. <laughs> but, and I do think for new cruisers, sorry. Um, <laughs> kind of the same thing, when you come with a family, most of the time families disperse out and do their own thing, and they come back together for dinner. Grandma and Grandpa maybe want to be in the solarium reading where the kids want the slides. If you're on one of the smaller ships, you might not have something for everybody in the family. This has somebody, something for everybody in the family, or the group. We have lots of options provided to us because there's lots of things that we can do. Okay, so you know, the bigger the ship, the more options. And like you said, it gives somebody that hasn't been on the ship a chance to taste it all out, and then it helps us, the travel agent. It helps us help you find the next ship that's better for you, the ports and the ship. Because if it's a pool day, it might not matter what ship you're on. And I, you know what, John? I'm going to give you a, an example that reminds you of college. When you first went to college, what did you first drink, right? You probably drank the tastiest drink you could find because you thought alcohol tasted awful, right? Like, at least that wasn't my case anyway. And then you realize, boy, there's a whole world of alcohol out there. And then some people go down the path of whiskey. When are you going to stop drinking? <laughs> <laughs> but you go down a different paths and you find something you like probably more than when you first started drinking, you know the Bud Lights that were given out for free at a party, right? <laughs> but my point is that maybe that's what you find. Like, at least I found, like, when I started cruising with big ships, first I started with Explorer and then Oasis, and then I discovered Brilliance is a great ship. I love Brilliance, and Brilliance is a small ship, but it's not for everybody. It's not, it doesn't offer all the whole thing. Maybe that's kind of the, and Annette was kind of talking about that, maybe that kind of jarred out right there. But, uh, Billy, uh, Symphony of the Seas is a great fit for? Not surprisingly, I like three different answers, but I'm going to go fast. <laughs> So uh, first, uh, I understand where, where John's coming from, actually. Uh, I do, I, and, uh, and I, I don't think that you propose that this applies to everyone either. Right. Uh, you know, diff- different strokes, right? Uh, what Symphony does well is one first-time cruisers to the extent that the reasons people give for not taking their first cruise. They think they're gonna be bored, they think they're gonna be seasick, and those just aren't concerns, you know, at nearly the concerns on the ship. So I get, I get what John's saying, um, you know, for, for the, the contingent that says uh, biggest, newest is best. And there are plenty of people, and I, I can't disagree that that's an opinion thing. It's a great ship. Um, so at that point, groups and multi-generation. That's, I'm, a, I'm absolutely a small ship person. I like more of a, a quiet, a luxury experience. Um, you know, why do I come on Royal Caribbean? Well, with the exception of twice, and once was a real odd occasion, uh, I've I come on, be, well, because it was, it was leaving like tomorrow when it was ready. Uh, <laughs> I come on Royal Caribbean to, to cruise with, with friends, you know, all of you guys. And when you have a giant group of people, there's something for everyone. It doesn't mean that everyone's going to like everything. Uh, everyone last night, oh, Billy, you going to, uh, was it Quest last night? And the night before that, oh, Billy, you going to Love and I, I don't care about those things. And that's okay. There's plenty on board for me. There's plenty on board for others. And we're going to have plenty uh, in the center of the, the circles on that, that diagram as well. That's what makes these ships 
Great. Um, I would say the one, my, my third and final answer is <laughs> Symphony of the Seas, and any Oasis question, frankly, is great for consecutive cruisers, people doing back-to-back. Because this is my third time on an Oasis-class ship. Did the Allure Group Cruise, Harmony Group Cruise, and Symphony Group Cruise. I'm seeing a trend here, mm. as does my credit card company. Thanks, Matt. <laughs> and uh, this is now the third time that on the last day I went, man, I was just getting good at cruising on an Oasis-class ship. Yeah. I think I could do a way better job if I was able to start again for another seven days. And that's, well, I always want to cruise longer, always. Um, that's a different type of feeling. Uh, a feeling that I really only have on the Oasis class ships because I'm just familiar with the flow and what's going on when and so consecutive cruisers, there's a lot of value there. Then you're not overwhelmed with that, oh, how am I gonna do it all? Well, you got twice the time, so you're still not gonna do it all, but you're gonna get a lot closer. All right, Jared, that's a great answer. I agree with a lot of your points that you brought up, especially the consecutive cruise, so I didn't think about that. So that's a very, very good point. Gerald, uh, Symphony of the Seas is a great fit for I actually have four answers, but I, 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 will, I will go a lot faster than Billy, as usual. Number one is, is the wow factor. Like, if you want to be blown away by the ship, I mean, you look at Central Park with all of the, uh, it's really funny, it's water. <laughs> Central Park. That likes water. This is going to be a long answer. <laughs> Central Park with all, like, hundreds of plants. Like, that. that's pretty amazing. And, you know, you have your Coney Island style, style boardwalk. Um, it's just the wow factor. I, like nothing c- comes close to comparing with the Oasis class ships. I believe they're the widest ships too, by, by a long shot. By a long shot on the ocean, like so they can pack more. Um, number two would be uh, activity oriented people, like people who want to climb the the rock wall, who want to go on one of the two flow riders. Um, there's there's just tons of activity. So if you're really activity oriented and you don't want that deck chair next to the pool, there's there's tons for you to do on the ship. Um, three, like Annette said, would be families. I think every member of a family wants something different. So, I mean, when you're on a land vacation, you're all stuck going to the same spots. And it just, no one's happy. But on a ship like this, I have so many options. Every member of the family can have their own adventure and have a great time. And it's, it's, it's not said enough, but my, like I could do without all of that, to be honest with you. But the big thing for me is the production shows and like it's like these big Broadway style shows, like the, the infrastructure of the theaters, like the Aqua Theater, like it, I don't even think you can find many theaters like this on land, let alone at sea. So it, for me, it's it's the shows, like these these shows really blow you away. Uh, definitely on this class of ship compared to other classes, so. I think that's a really good point about the shows. You know, I went on Rhapsody of the Seas earlier this year for spring break, and we had a great time on that ship, but the show, the, the easiest way to know the difference between ship classes is to go to the theater and see the shows. They're all they do a great job with the shows for what they are. Uh, but when you go on the bigger, the newer ships, you can see the dedication role for being shows to really producing top quality uh, entertainment. And if you're a big theater person, if you're someone who really enjoys a great evening performance, whether it's in the Royal Theater or the Aqua Theater. Uh, or the or the skating rink at Studio B, there is a night and day difference between the Oasis class. I'll, I'll include the Quantum class in there as well, and the rest of the fleet. Even the Freedom class and the Voyage class do a great job, but it's still not at that level. With perhaps the exception of Independence and Liberty has um, the Grease and, and Saturday Night Fever respectively, but you know, there it's still very much a night and day difference, and you can see that uh, when you come on these kind of ships, you see it's just. You know, amazing shows. Whereas on other shows, you still have great shows, but they're more musical medleys. They're numbers. It's a, it's a nice time. But what you brought up, Gerald, I think is a really important one. That if you're saying if you're sitting at home and says, you know, I really want to have a great show experience. I love theater. I love live performances uh, on a stage. It's just there's there's the Oasis Aquatic class and there's everything else really. Um, Jose, what do you think? Uh, Symphony of the Seas is a great fit for. And the correct answer is, <laughs> when you start with Royal Caribbean marketing, all, all is the answer. Because based on how they market, they want you to go on these ships, specifically an Oasis ship, specifically a symphony or a harmony. And it's, it's, it's simple, they want you to be blown away. And they want people who have any excuse, and I know some people have excuses of why they don't want to go on a ship, 
to not have one. Oh, I'm gonna be bored. Oh, well, there's a there's a Broadway show tonight. Uh, there's no slides. There's three slides. Oh, I want to eat at a at a nice restaurant. Well, there's I don't know five, six, seven. I lost count. You know the amount of restaurants you can eat. They make it so that you have no reason to use the word no, and for you to book. And it's that's if that's their goal. And based on how I see the ship, the number of people thoroughly enjoy it, and people calling me at all hours of the night because they want to see how I'm doing. When they when I tell them to come on the ship and they're not interested, the Boy Koreans done their job. And once they go on a harmony or symphony, a great travel agent, a great MEI travel agent, would be able to tell them exactly what what they can do next. Oh, I like this specific type of things on the ship. Are there other ships in the fleet that can do that? And a good agent can tell you, yes, you can go on these ships. Or if I, I want to go on more ports, or oh, this ship is much more suited for you. But this is basically, I hate to say, it's like a starting truck. Like you get into it and you get hooked. It's a gateway truck, exactly. But for lack of a better term, but once you get started, you're hooked, and Royal Caribbean will not want to let you go. They want you to come back again and again and again and again. And in my case, I want to go back to back. We've got the internet. Yeah, well, the internet's amazing. I mean, there's so many things around here that are just incredible. And, um, you know, one thing I, I wanted to quickly talk about with Jose, because I think he's the only one here who has kids on board, um, is the is the, uh, the programming for the children on here. Because uh, truly, I mean, the, you know, the Oasis class, the, the newer the ship, the bigger the ship, the more they dedicate towards children's programming. Uh, and again, it's not that there's their bad experiences on the other classes of ships. We've certainly been on them, but it's just again, it's just there's Oasis class and there's everything else. And uh, Jose has a young daughter who's in the nursery. I have two kids who are in Adventure Ocean, and they loved it. I mean, they just love the experience. They love the 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 programming, the options that are available to them. Not to mention, on top of that, you have you know you have the ice skating of the the Splash Away Bay, which is huge for the kids right there. Uh, you have you know uh, the, the, the Adventure Ocean Science. They have their own theater up there. I mean, there's a ton for the kids to do on here, and that's one of the big things. You talk about any Oasis class ship is the level you get of just the total package for kids is just there's like I said there's Oasis class, and then even the quantum class doesn't come close. I don't think to what the Oasis class offers in terms of their onboard amenities for children on there. Uh, I had my kids had a great time, Jose, and I know that it seems like your daughter did as well. Theoretically, you can drop your kids off at 9 a.m. and not see them until midnight. Amen. <laughs> <laughs> it's the other class, there's many ships within the Royal Fleet that have a nursery and have the Adventure of Ocean program, but it's just much more magnified, which many more amenities. And, and if you have children between the ages of six months to three years, the fact that on this ship, the nursery is open from 9 a.m. to midnight is huge because once your son or daughter gets hooked, as my daughter finally got about day four, day five, she saw the door and just started banging on the door. <laughs> we knew that we could drop her off and with their qualified people who work there, we knew that nothing was gonna happen to her. If there was any issues, they could call us. And everything is just bigger. The I, I went on Freedom a few months ago. It was great. And nursery nursery there was great, but the nursery was so much bigger here. And there was so much more things to do. My daughter had such a great time. We told people on the ship, hey, there's a nursery here on the first day. And we saw two or three of them, two or three people that we spoke to, they were there every night dropping their kids off and being thankful. Oh, we didn't know the ship had that. So there's something for everybody, especially when your kids get older and my nephew loves the Adventure Ocean program and he's upset that he couldn't come on this year. <laughs> so, he, there's just that program in and of itself, especially if you have children, it makes a world of a difference so that you and your partner or your wife or your husband can have a great dinner, a great time for a few hours. And I'm telling you, 
those few hours are like gold. <laughs> so that's that, that's my plug for Ventrosha and especially the nursery. Well said. Um, let's go around the table really quick. We went to four ports on this cruise, Roatan, Costa Maya, Cozumel, and Nassau, Bahamas. Very interesting, different ports all together. Uh, what was your favorite port and why? John, I'll start with you. So I'm, my favorite port was Cozumel. I've been there a number of times, but um, and I, I recently did some scuba diving in both Roatan and Cozumel, and Cozumel's always been my favorite place for diving. Even though Roatan is touted as one of the top diving sites in the world, uh, I find I found that on this trip and previous cruises that I've taken, Cozumel's diving has has been much better. So, uh, you know, to any other divers out there, feel free to you know prove me wrong or to or you know let me know if you have any other good dive sites in Roatan to check out. I mean, I definitely want to go back to Roatan again, but for this uh, for this itinerary, it's definitely Cozumel. Kind of want to go last. <laughs> yeah. um, for me, I think it was uh, the two. Um, it's the first time we've done two short, group shore excursions. Um, so we did one in Roatan, and I will say, Matt and I took a gamble. We had never been to where we took everybody. And, uh, you know, I think everybody had a great time. Except for Bill. Um, except for Bill. <laughs> <laughs> he had to get up early. Yeah, well, and a little mishap with a drone. But, but no, it was a great beach day. Um, the weather turned out great. Started out a little rough with the rain, um, but then by the time we got the ship, it was gone. Great beach day. We got to see a little of the island going. Um, and um, all in all, I think it was a, I think maybe maybe I could give it to Matt. Let me do group short excursion again. Um, and then my Chan. I was there in August, and um, what a difference a couple of months make in the water. I know it's still not completely clear, but it was much better. And then having that pool, um, back there, that freshwater pool that made a huge difference. Maya Chant, Costa Maya was incredible. If the worst part is just getting there, <laughs> then you had a great day. Uh, we were lucky enough with this group, group cruise that we had our own little section where we had our own seats. Behind us was the pool, in front of us was the beach and the ocean. The food was great, and I I saw towns like tacos. Uh, I don't know about that, <laughs> but my wife was very tough. She said, "Wow, the just the tacos, the food was just great there, and it, it's perfect. It is perfect for you. You have a great day there. It's very exclusive, and it's I can't have any more superlatives for the location just because it's not going to run out of words. But I suspect that." It's something that I'm going to keep going back over and over and over again when I go to that board. Yeah. All right, Fred. Well, we didn't do anything exciting on this trip. We just did the beach days that uh, MEI provided. Which were not exciting. Well, I mean, they're, they're, they're exciting, but they're, they're beach days. I mean, you know, fine. But uh, I think the two were drastically different. Um, in Roatan, I... Um, <laughs> in, in Roatan, I much preferred the water. The, the, the swimming in Roatan was, was way better, um, but the resort was not as nice as Mai Chan. So Mai Chan made a better, better resort. Um, yeah, I found a lot of the drinks were sugary. Um, in Mai Chan, they had uh, the mudslide with the Oreo in it. I think Annette pointed it to me like late the day. It's like I would have had ten if I if I don't go there. But uh, yeah, it was it was my chan was a my chan was a really nice resort um, with um, with tons to do. Um, they just added a pool that we were the first to uh, be able to swim in, so that was really great. Um, but yeah, for me it was the beach days. I skipped out on, on Nassau and um, also Cozumel. We've never not got off the ship. For this cruise, we did it twice. We just we just stayed on and um, we enjoyed the water slides and the flow riders with with less of lines, um, which I will argue was one fault I could I could say to um, to uh, the Oasis class. I mean during peak hours, if you want to do all these activities, you should be prepared to wait in line. Either that or judge your or you know change your schedule accordingly. But uh, yeah, some just awesome beach days. Thanks to MEI. So I'll be completely different and agree for a change. Uh, Maya Chan, I thought was fantastic in Costa Maya. 
I live right near the beach. I've done a lot of Caribbean cruises. I just, some people are beach people. I, that's not me, maybe just because it's never been novel. Um, doesn't mean I hate the beach. So when I heard that, okay, we're gonna go do two all-inclusive beach days on this trip. And then we almost ended up doing three because I really like Awesome Mountain. It's one of my favorite ports just on this particular trip. We, you know, I kind of changed up what, what I like the most. Um, Maya Chan, I need stuff to be easy. Something that, you know, for beach day, my thing is, oh, I have sand everywhere and I have fish left towels and I'll find something to complain about. Uh, Maya Chan made everything so easy. Uh, I mean, you know, as you mentioned, like the, the ride out there was the hardest part, and, and it was the hardest part, not even because the ride was that bad. A little bumpy, a couple minutes, not a big deal. Uh, this, the level of service there, I've never, I've never been to uh, a beach resort like that. Um, you know, it, it, it's not that it has the, the polish of staying at a Four Seasons or something like that, but the level of service and how helpful they are, oh, I, I can't think of an example. Um, I, I, I'd, have to, I'd have to get really creative to ask them to do something they, they wouldn't be willing to help with, you know? Uh, so, so that was a fantastic experience. And the food, yeah. The food there, it was not like uh, mass-prepared, all-inclusive food. That was, if I went to a restaurant and I ordered that, I'd be happy. Uh, so, so yeah, that, that was fantastic, and I'll definitely be going back there. I just want to piggyback on that, because I, I, I love Maya Chan also, and it didn't at any point feel like a, you know, Four Seasons or a, you know, a, a Hilton Beach Club or something like that. It felt like we were guests at someone's home. Yes. And the food was home-cooked, and, you know, it wasn't like, oh, here's the line of chefs creating it. This is... Carla, or whatever her name was, she's making everything. And then here's, you know, Luis and Tito, or whatever the bartender's names were. I'm probably butchering that, but you know, it was like, it was like, welcome to the family, welcome to our home. You know, there were a number of like floaty chairs, like here are the floaty chairs, feel free to use them. You know, it was, I felt like I was a guest in someone's home. And if for that reason, if I, the next time I'm in Costa Maya, in which you know, this is my second time in Costa Maya. The last time being, I got off and did a little bit of snorkeling with my cousin right by the ship. But I'm so much more of a fan of Costa Maya now, having gone to Maya Chen. So I definitely want to go back to Maya Chen again. And I, I couldn't agree more. It was, it was a terrific experience. I agree with many of you with Maya Chen, I think. I think Rosen was a great choice. We did, uh, for those who are listening, we did two group short excursions. The first short excursion was Roatan, which was for folks that booked into the group with MEI travel. So as long as you booked with us, with our group, you were able to, that was like a, a very low cost entry to come join us for it, which was a lot of fun. I agree with Annette. It was great. Uh, weather cleared up very nicely and we ended up having a great beach day except for billing. Because uh, he cut his finger slightly, not off, but part of his finger off. But everything else is fine. It's but a flesh wound. He's still here. Yeah, he's still here. He's still good. Uh, he's still got nine others. It's all good. Um, but that was a really fun day. And then for Maya, or for Costa Maya, we chose Maya Chan as the all, as the, sorry, as the, as another kind of bonus short excursion for those that not only booked with the group, but also our Royal Green Block Insiders. And the reason I love Maya Chan, the reason I've gone back, this is my third time back to Maya Chan, is the level of service. And, you know, the, like, you know, people point out, well, the water's not as clear there as other places, but of course not. It's not, boy, do I not care. Because it's not about that. Other places have to re rely on their water, on the beach experience, because it has to make up for other things, the, the overall experience. The level of service is incredible, and John, I think you really nailed it by saying it's like someone invited you to their home, right? And they just, there's some, I, I was in the water, believe it or not. Uh, and uh, who was in the ocean? It was, it was Brett, Jeannie, and, and Keith were out there. We're just talking, you know, having a good time in, in what, waist deep water, right? And they literally, one of the servers came up in a kayak and offered us drinks. <laughs> that, they offered us drinks and they went back and like, they took the order, then came back. Like, that, like, I don't know if it comes across in a, in a podcast form as like, you know, the, that kind of thing, but in person, that's incredible. I mean, the fact that they're going to those lengths to do that, that's a, a microcosm of what the experience is like there. And that's what I really enjoyed about Maya Chan. So I agree with many of you guys saying Maya Chan was definitely a, a great choice there. Uh, let's wrap things up with one more question. Of course, on Waste Last Ship, no doubt it's been about 45 minutes since we ate something. So, favorite, I'm saying favorite restaurant, 
dining venue, however you look at it, on Symphony of the Seas. And uh, Gerald, I'll start with you for no particular reason. Uh, Jamie's. We love Jamie's. You know, we've, uh, we haven't tried every restaurant on board. I, I don't think many people have. Um, maybe Matt. But, um, yeah, we just love Jamie's. I don't, I don't know how else to say it. Just the, the tons of food options. It's just all of us very well prepared. It was, uh, yeah, we were really impressed with Jamie's. Yeah, I was really having to think about this one because for me it was a toss-up between Jamie's and 150 Central Park. I did Jamie's on Harmony, loved it, uh, dined with Gerald, uh, and, uh, and that, that made them feel all the more at all the one. And loved Jamie's again, but trying 150 Central Park this time, kind of by accident, uh, just last night, that, that was a, a great meal. And it wasn't, you know what, I'm not a very formal person, and as some of you may have picked up on <laughs> And I, I was a little worried that they were going to go over the top with the number of courses and, and process and formality. And it really wasn't, it was extremely comfortable. Um, but just good quality food service. Um, I think it was well-timed. It wasn't one of these, oh, I'm in for a three hour meal, but it weren't being rushed out the door. And I'll, I'll definitely be back there. So I think that was probably the highlight. You know, as, as I posed the question, I realized, oh, I don't know what my answer is. But I will tell you that I like we went to, uh, I, I, between the different sailings I was on, I think I've been to most, not all of them, except for maybe Wonderland. But I'll tell you that, I mean, Izumi Hibachi, my kids love that. That's a great family experience. There's a reason why Izumi Hibachi is so darn hard to get into. It is just a total fun package. Uh, if you're looking for one, especially a restaurant to do on Symphony or an Oasis class ship, do the Hibachi, especially with, if you have family, people you're like, you know, someone doesn't really eat anything. It's fantastic. It's just easy, fun, great meal experience. But if you're talking about like what's the best thing, what's the restaurant that had the best food, like not that I don't love Azumi, I do love Azumi, but food overall, just outside of the hibachi, I think Jamie's is great. I ate there with John and Jose, um, and it was, I think we had really good food. We we, uh, we might have indulged a little bit over there, and it was just from start to finish, total package kind of thing. I really enjoyed uh, Jamie's as John, what do you think? So I'm, I have two answers, actually, because uh, I am, I'm probably one of the only people that goes on a, does not go on a cruise for the food. You know, I am not a foodie, even though you look at me and you would not realize this, but I am not a foodie. Um, so, uh, you know, for me, to, for me to say one restaurant's better than another is, you know, it is what it is. But um, I... You have a microphone in front of you, John. You're an authority figure right now. <laughs> Izumi. Yeah, definitely Izumi. Izumi Sushi is my favorite place, but I also I want to give a shout-out to the Windjammer. Windjammer, sorry. Because there's a lot of amazing, hardworking people up in the Windjammer, and there's always an amazing variety of stuff up there. And me being the non-foodie yet somewhat picky eater that I am, I always have been able to have a nice variety of things that would fit within my palate and, uh, you know, uh, and, and whatnot. And I've always been able to find good stuff up there. So I'm going to say equally, Izumi and the Winchamere. So I'm going to take this a different way. I'm going to Jamie's tonight, and now I know it's going to be fabulous because everybody just had great. It's always good on the other ships, so I know it will be well. I was pleasantly surprised with dinner last night in the main dining room. I've never been, in all my years of cruising, I've never been on for holiday sailing. So I was, I enjoyed the fact that we had turkey, we had ham, and had all the fixings. Might not be how mom makes it, or how I would make it, but it was a really good meal. And I think some people are scared to travel during the holidays because they might not have the, those opportunities. And it, it was definitely there. There was pumpkin pie, maybe a little different, but it was pumpkin pie. It was still good. <laughs> pecan. We discussed that at our table. Pecan, not pecan. It's pecan pie. Oh no, it depends on where you're from. But we had, but, but we had butter pecan ice cream with our pecan pie. But we'll have this later without my opinion. But no, just I know there's some people that are always a little nervous about traveling over holidays and feeling like they're going to miss out on a holiday stuff. So I wanted to put that on there. This may not be a great answer, but all the restaurants we went to, we we love for different reasons. Uh, 
I mean, it's basically it's what would you choose first? What would be your first in the seven day cruise? Where would you be first? And for me, it would be one fifty Central Park. I mean, I'm extremely picky, and I make when I want a specific type of thing cooked a specific way. That's how I want it. I know because I ordered it. <laughs> but and they made it. They made the order perfectly. The first of all, the bread. Bread itself that they yeah. bring to you, I don't know how they did that or why, but it got to the point where my wife, on days that we didn't have a reservation, we would go in the restaurant. Can we have some bread, please? <laughs> and they would bring us bread, and it and it was amazing. But if you want to go to James, you can have a great time at James last night for Thanksgiving war to a seafood restaurant. And my wife thoroughly enjoyed it. She loved the, I think it was a captain's platter. She was stuffed. She had, we had a walk. We could not use this, the elevators the rest of the night because she wanted to burn it off. <laughs> so it, it, there's so many different places. You're gonna have a great time. It's just a matter of what would you choose first. And if that's the biggest problem, then you don't have a problem at all. All that stuff, and I, you know, and, and obviously wanted to mention to everyone here, and we have this is a fabulous group cruise, and I don't want to sound like uh, some rock band where like nobody rocks like <laughs> Cleveland does, you know, like it's like kind of cliche like that, but this is a really fun cruise, and I felt like we really, first of all, I think so many people came to so many different events, which is really nice to see. Uh, we all met Olga, which was great. And, uh, <laughs> but in all we got a chance to, I saw so many faces. I feel like oh, there's a lot of great participation in this, and that to me means a lot to have you guys there because we spent a lot of time, and then I spent a lot of time trying to figure out fun things that you guys want to do, or think you're going to want to do, and whether it was Mash Game, whether it was Rotan, Maya Chan, uh, watching the No Peer Runners, but just going up there, and then we going down the Ultimate Abyss for No Peer recently. <laughs> that's what makes it fun, you know. So you're gonna thank you guys so much for joining us here, and uh, it. It has been such a pleasure to be on this cruise, and I had so much fun. My kids had fun, um, and it's so great to maybe meet some new faces, see some old friends, and uh, I just I can't wait to do it again. I'm gonna sound like Billy, you know, get off tomorrow. I'm like, oh, I need to get back on a cruise immediately, you know. <laughs> so uh, thank you guys so much for being a part of this. Thank you to the panel. Thank you to everybody here for uh, for joining us here because it really uh, means a lot. So uh, round of applause for everybody uh, on this cruise. <laughs> I've got to add some listener emails to this episode. And, of course, you can always send me your emails by sending them to Matt at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Matt, M-A-T-T, at RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com. Our first email is from Lauren, who writes, Hi, Matt. We just got back from our honeymoon cruise with my husband and just wanted to share my full review of Symphony of the Seas. We did a nine-night Western Mediterranean cruise out of Barcelona, Spain, and it was truly life-changing. I've got the good and the bad. The good. We got the ultimate dining package, and it was amazing as always. We booked this package for our cruise last summer on Oasis, and we had to do it again on Symphony. Our favorite restaurants were Hooked and Wonderland. We didn't eat in the main dining room at all for lunch or dinner, but we did for breakfast, and it was good. A local fresh food has become a favorite included dining venue of mine. It was delicious. It seemed during our time on board, they even expanded the space that Aloka Fresh had to make sure that it was ready for its time in the Caribbean. Escape the Rubicon was amazing. I highly suggest checking this out. Our stateroom attendant, Irwin, made our honeymoon so special, and we were so thankful for him. Playmakers is a cool venue, although we didn't spend much time there. I honestly think that there's so many choices to go on about, uh, but we forgot about it. The Perfect Storm is so much fun. All the shows were also entertaining. We went to Hairspray, Flight, 1977, and The Comedy Show. We didn't get to go see Hero because we had a boardwalk balcony and could see it from our room. For the bad... The Windjamer was super busy the two times we tried to eat there, so we didn't eat there for the rest of the trip. The breakfast choices were not the best on board. Park Cafe was honestly just bad. We also did room service, Windjamer, Johnny Rockets, and the main dining room. I found the main dining room to be the best option for us. I do miss the champagne bar. Bounded Bar was often not working, and I couldn't find anywhere on board to make an espresso martini. 
these, there were times where Symphony felt incredibly crowded. This might have been because we only had two days at sea. I went on Total Eclipse cruise last summer, and that was maxed out to capacity, and it never felt as busy as Symphony. Overall, this nine-day cruise was the trip of a lifetime. Only a cruise you can be in three different countries in three days while relaxing. I will say that a trip like this is not for the faint of heart. It is exhausting. We didn't have a sea day until day seven, and even for us in our late 20s, we spent much of the bus rides in these amazing cities we visited sleeping or living off Red Bull. It was difficult to attend many of the late-night activities on board because of all the ports and excursions started around 7 a.m. Thanks for listening to my review. My husband and I will be joining the Royal Green Blog group cruise on July 4th out of Bayonne, and we're so excited to meet you and try Anthem of the Seas. Well, Lauren, thank you for the email and for the review. And, you know, one of the things why I didn't do the same itinerary you did on Symphony in the Med, I did a very similar itinerary in the Caribbean where we only had two sea days. And, boy, that makes a big difference in terms of, you're right, Lauren, about that, like, I want to say exhaustion, but there's just so much going on. You're getting up early for the shore excursions. There's shows in the evenings. And and a lot of times, a lot of the shows go well into the evening. As an example, we were doing late dinner. So our dinner didn't start until 8.30. And then oftentimes we'd be attending shows that began at 10.30 or 10.45. So really, shows aren't done until midnight or so. I mean, you're ready for bed. It's it's one of those uh, weird issues that nobody appreciates or nobody has any sympathy for you when you're when you're on the cruise uh, because they're not on with you. But when you're on board, it's kind of a you know when you're when you're burning the candle at both ends. Well, you got something's got to give, and oftentimes that means not staying up super late for other activities that you might otherwise do on another kind of ship. But it, we had a great time, Lauren, and I'm so glad to hear you had an awesome time on Symphony as well. Thank you for sending in your review. Uh, let's keep things going here with our next email, and that is from Joan, who writes, uh, My husband and I booked our first cruise over the summer for a five-day cruise in January 2019 on Berlin to the Seas. This will be our first true vacation since we were married in 2005. If you guys ready for this vacation, I've been binging on old podcasts and should be caught up in the next few weeks. I'm really looking forward to this time, but my husband thinks that I'm setting my expectations a bit too high. We'll be stopping in Georgetown Grand Cayman in Cozumel. This will be my first time traveling past our southern border and my husband's first time out of the country. We booked a Turtle Encounter and Island tour for Grand Cayman and the best of Cozumel shopping for Cozumel, both through Royal Caribbean. I found feedback about the Turtle Farm, but I'm having trouble locating reviews for the excursion for Cozumel. I've seen reviews for parts of it sold separately, but not in full. Any suggestions on where I should look for a more in-depth review? Hmm. Well, uh, number one place you always want to go to is the internet, right? And obviously... Joan, you're listening to a podcast, so you're kind of already there. But definitely Google those uh, excursions. I mean, the Turtle Farm is pretty straightforward. I think you'll kind of have a lot of different uh, reviews you'll find there. For Cozumel, I'll be honest, I wouldn't do that excursion. It's just Cozumel has so many things going on that uh, here's what I would recommend. There's so many things going on in Cozumel. I would focus on one area you really want to do and go for that. I'm not very familiar with the best of Cosmel the shopping is. I mean, with shopping is kind of a, I don't want it's a not I won't say it's a misnomer, but it, it, it's kind of just a throw-in thing because basically what that means is they're going to drop you off downtown at the end of the excursion, which anybody can do. Cosmel is not a very big place to get around. Is there? It's an island. There are a lot of things happen on the island. Some excursions or some ideas or things to do happen on the mainland, which require a ferry ride. I would not recommend that. I would recommend staying in Cosmel. Uh, but again, it depends what you're looking to do. Are you looking for Mayan ruins? Do you want to do a little of everything? I, I kind of feel like in Cozumel, it's one of the easiest ports to do things on your own without going through an excursion through Royal Caribbean. But I understand where you're, where you're coming from, Joan. It's your first time. You're not familiar with it. This You want to get your feet wet. Maybe this is the way to go. And certainly that that's okay. I would just research a lot more options in Cozumel because there's so many things to do in there. But uh, maybe someone in our, some, one of our listeners can post in our comments for this week's show at, uh, notes uh, on RoyalCaribbeanBlog.com a review of if they've done the best of Cosmel with the shopping excursion. Uh, but I would also look at some other options. Don't just limit yourself to what Royal Caribbean offers. Certain ports, you know, it can be a little more hit or miss with doing third-party excursions or not. But I, I really feel like in Cosmel, you might be best serviced to consider a third-party option. You're saying, whoa, Matt, what do, how do I handle that? Well, again, research the options ahead of time. In many cases, when I when I visit Cozumel, I'm just I don't even book an excursion per se. I just research what I want to do. You know, a, a beach I want to go to, a resort I want to visit, or I just want to go downtown. Taxis are abundant all over. They're very inexpensive. You just you know go there, take a taxi to wherever you want to go. 
and then there's usually very easy to get taxis uh, anywhere in Cosmel. So it's pretty straightforward. But again, uh, if your comfort level is better with Royal Caribbean, that's okay as well. Uh, but I, you know, I, I get I haven't tried the best of Cosmel, but I would recommend maybe even posting it on the Royal Caribbean blog message boards. Perhaps somebody can assist you over there. Now, Joan also wants to know. Also, since they are booked through, since they are booked through Royal Caribbean, something is unforeseen happened. The excursion is canceled. Will they refund our money? Yes. If you book an excursion through Royal Caribbean and they end up canceling for whatever reason. Yes, you will get your money back. Uh, to be perfectly honest, on almost any excursion that you book in which the tour provider cancels it, not you, they will provide a refund. I mean, I just can't even imagine a tour operator not offering a refund for an excursion they don't actually offer to you. But yes, Royal Caribbean will offer you a refund if the excursion is canceled from them. If you decide to cancel it like the day before, not so much. I believe Royal Caribbean's new policy for shore excursions is you have to cancel at least 48 hours before the excursion to get a refund. Uh, Lauren also writes, we've decided that since this will be our first cruise, we aren't going to book any specially done uh, on the or the internet package. We're still considering getting a drink package, but we're not big drinkers unless there's a good sale in the cruise planner. We'll probably forego this as well. My husband is slightly concerned about the possible motion of the ocean and being uh, being sick on there. I'm not really worried about this since I grew up in, spending summers on Lake Ontario and I've been whale watching uh, before off the New England coast, all without no trouble at all. I'm thinking about just bringing some ginger and Dramamine on the off chance something happens, does it seem like the best option? I love the podcast, and I'm really looking, hoping that we fall in love with cruising and can join you on a future group cruise. Uh, Joan, I agree 100% with what you thought about the motion sickness. A lot of first-time cruisers always worry about motion sickness, and I'm here to tell you it should not be in your top 10 concerns. Ask veteran cruisers, people who have cruised before, where do they put motion sickness in their list of concerns? It's not in their top 10. It's probably not in their top 20. It's something they think about in the same way you think about what if it rains if I go out to the supermarket today. It's something that could happen, but it's not something that should stop you or anything that really gives you grave concern. Uh, we, as an example, Joan, what we do when we go on a cruise, we always have as backup a bottle of, we use Bonine. Bonine and Dramamine are essentially the same thing. They're just different brands. But uh, I always use Bonine. Bonine works extremely well. Uh, it lasts for quite a while. The, the side effect, the primary side effect of Bonine is uh, drowsiness, which I always tell people, look, it's better to be drowsy, a.k.a. taking a nap, than being seasick, right? Seasickness is something that could happen. You're going at a very uh, quiet time of the year, January. Of course, who knows? You can't predict the weather. I mean, nobody can, especially not months ahead of time. I think you'll probably be fine. But yeah, bring it with you just in case. And, you know, one of the things you could do, your husband's really worried about it, is just, you know, start have him take it 24 hours before the cruise and just keep taking it once a day. And look, he'll be taking a nap once a day. But at the same time, that's, if that make, puts his, you know, fears at ease, then it's well worth it. Uh, I think in general, though, it's not really needed by any means, especially in the Caribbean and the Gulf of Mexico. You really don't get that kind of motion as you do maybe on a transatlantic crossing or something that has more, you know, it's more uh, a body of water that's a little more susceptible to that kind of motion. But I wouldn't worry about it. But still, I think you're going to have a great time. I love Brilliance. I've been on her three times. In fact, I'm going back in February, Joan. So you can see I put my money where my mouth is in this case. <laughs> Thank you for the email. We have time for one last email here. It is from my very good friend, Christy from Texas, who writes, uh, Hey, Matt, of course you know I love, love, love the podcast and the community you've created. I want to let your listeners know on a little travel insurance tip I discovered on my last cruise. I always was hesitant to spend several hundred dollars on trip insurance because it's some, if something happened, I'd be out of the fair cost and I could probably deal with that. Plus, it would take something catastrophic for me to cancel a cruise, and that was a gamble I was willing to take. What did stress me out, though, was the fear of medical issues happening on the cruise and the bills that would come with it. God forbid somebody needs a medical evac, those prices can be astronomical. What I found was that you can buy medical-only travel insurance. There are some great websites that list the different benefits and the cost you can add certain advanced coverages a la carte. We got a great insurance plan for our family of three for around $35 for our week-long cruise. This was certainly worth the peace of mind during the trip. I used insuremytrip.com to get all the quotes in one place. Hope this tip helps some of your listeners. Christy, great suggestion. I even think about that because, you know, I buy travel insurance all the time. And I, you're right, Christy. I mean, when do I ever really cancel a trip or have to worry about that kind of thing, especially living in Florida? 
I think you're you're onto something there, Christy. Thank, thank you very much for the recommendation. And thank you to everybody for the wonderful emails here. And of course, if you want to send me your email, your thoughts about something coming up on your particular cruise, maybe something you read on rollercoolerblog.com, or maybe a tip that you have, just like Christy, but you can always send it to me by emailing it to matt at rollercoolerblog.com, matt at rollercoolerblog.com. So until next time, I'm Matt Hotchberg, and we'll talk again soon. <laughs>